0: using the screens today, going old school. Remember that? Do you remember what it was like to have a, bring a Bible and she use it? Colossians chapter 2, uh, verse 13 to 15, and then Romans 6 and 23 is where we're going to be. Uh, we'll be all over the place. But, um, Colossians 2, 13 to 15. This is where you would say something. I got nothing. Well, I'm gonna read that. And you can find it. Uh, you can say there if you want, because we're gonna go back to it. In Colossians 2:13 to 15, it says, "In you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath He quickened together with Him, having forgiven all." giving you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them, openly triumphing over them in it. Uh, in Romans 6 and 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. We're going to focus on Colossians 2, um, 14, the second half of that verse. It says, and took it out of his way, nailing it to his cross. We're going to preach um, this morning on uh, Nailed to the Cross. Let's just pray again. Uh, I guess you're already seated. Let's just pray together uh, one more time. Jesus, we thank you. Hallelujah, God, for your, your word. And what you did on Calvary, God, I pray, God, that you would just have your way the rest of the service, that you would speak to our hearts and minister. In Jesus' name, God, that your will be done, I pray. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Well, you can be seated. I realize there's not a lot of people here, and it is kind of quiet. Hopefully you're all awake. Uh, But for the month of February, hopefully I plan on... Preaching what I'm calling timeless truths, and these are topics and messages that have stood the test of time. Things that have been preached for a long time and should continue to be preached for a long time. And you can call them, I don't know, doctrinal foundations or something like that if you want. But um, I find, as a, a pastor or someone who preaches quite regularly, um, there's a lot of things to preach about. and There's a lot of topics. Uh, We need to hear about, and I like doing series, I like going through books of the Bible and studying and all that stuff and learning and teaching, all those sorts of things, but um, there are some things in the Bible that we need to preach and hear often, and um, messages about the name of Jesus, one God, the cross, the blood of Jesus, heaven and hell, all those sorts of things, so for for this month we're going to preach these types of things, and Um, It's it's easy for us to get distracted. And there are things that are popular that we can just fall into and preach. and Topics and those sorts of things. But we can't lose sight of what really matters and what it is that we believe. So we need to hold on to these truths no matter what. So I guess we could say we're going old school for February. Uh, But Colossians 2. Thirteen to fifteen, it says again, and you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven all you, forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which is contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. And having spoiled principalities and powers, made us for them openly triumphing over them in it. Verse fourteen of the English Standard says, by canceling the record of debt that stood against us. This legal demand this he set aside, nailing to his cross. And debt is, um, it's something else. You really can't compare it to anything. It's a weird thing. There's this debt is this thing that's owed, and it, uh, it tends to hang over your head. It kind of looms in, in the background. And the only way to escape a debt is to pay it off, you know. Um, and debts can put strains on relationships. If, um, you know, someone loans you something, and you... Uh, if you have any conscience at all oh, you worry about it getting that paid back and they worry about it and no one wants to bring it up and it can consume a person there's nothing like paying off a debt whether it's a a car or a house or a, a student loan or a credit card there's a relief that comes when it's paid off and debt um, gives the one who's owed power over the person that owes if it's a bank or God forbid, a loan shark or something like that. Um, you know, they, they have power over that person. Or in the case of a country, another country has power over that country with a debt. and um, You don't fully own the thing until it's paid off. And you can lose your house even if you put thousands into it. Or, or your car or have your wages garnished in extreme circumstances. There's nothing quite like a debt. They're owing something to Someone. And sometimes in an effort to not let it get us down, we try not to think about the debt. We'll change the subject and pretend it doesn't exist because if I don't mention it, it's not real. And sometimes that's how uh, we get through the day. But every once in a while, there's a gnawing sense of dread that comes over us when we think about the debt that is owed. And when that bank statement comes in or we log into our bank or whatever you do, it's there staring us in the face. Canadian consumer debt collectively is over $2 trillion. The average Canadian, not including mortgages, has a debt load of $21,183. Including mortgages, the average Canadian owes $73,500 to banks. And some are thinking, that's all? And others are thinking, whoa, that's a lot. Only 30% of Canadians are debt free. Um, (laughs) I saw a quote. When I was looking up this stuff, I said, I have the best debts in the world. Every single one of them is outstanding. <laughs> and now that we're all feeling anxious, we move on. The Bible teaches that we owed a debt, and there was something that we needed to pay. There was this thing that was hanging over our heads, this thing that just wouldn't go away, something lurking in the background of our lives. And, um... And we'll have people that live our lives you know, pretending that this doesn't exist and we'll do our best to ignore it and hope it goes away and people will try to reason the debt away and come up with all sorts of ideas and opinions about it. But the fact of the matter is there is a debt that we owe and there's a price that needs to be paid and no amount of subject changing and no amount of denying and no amount of avoidance is going to change that fact, because at some point that debt will need to be paid, and at some point there will come a reckoning, and at some point the, the repo man, if you will, is going to come and take back what is his. The Bible teaches us that the wages of sin is debt. That's the price for our sins is death, and the only way for that debt to be paid is by death, and we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of god every single one of us we've lied we've hurt others we've broken the law we've done all kinds of things and paul in first corinthians he lists some things that people do and it is in no means an exhaustive list but it says in first corinthians 6 9 to 11 or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of god do not be Deceive neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality. Unrighteous, he says. People that aren't following God. People that uh, are not following his word or his commandments. Doing our own thing. And he lists some sexual sins. um, Idolatry. Worshipping other um, things. Putting others before God. He says all these people, they're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. And then he goes on in verse 10. He says, nor thieves nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. So thieves, we know what those are, people that steal things. Greedy, he says, everything's all about me, give me all the stuff. Drunkards, we know what that is. Revilers, which is people who abuse others verbally, who speak with contempt about others. Swindlers, <laughs> people who rip others off and trick uh, people and giving them money or whatever. He says, these people aren't going to be there. And he says, verse 11, and such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by the Spirit of our God. Such were some of you, and such were some of us. We've done these things. We've lived selfishly and unrighteously. We've committed sexual sins. We've stole our from others. We've been greedy. we put other things before God. We've been drunkards and alcoholics and been addicted to all sorts of things. We've been abusive in our words to others. We've torn others down and didn't even care. We ripped people off. We've deceived others and all of this and more. We could go on the rest of the day with all the things that we've done. And no matter how much we try to avoid it and how much we pretend it never happened or we point the finger at someone else and uh, accuse them of why you know, we're this way. And the fact of the matter is we owe a debt that we cannot pay. We have sinned and we have fallen short. I have sinned and I have fallen short and owed a debt. And the price of that debt is death. Not a physical death, but spiritually. But Jesus. verse read right at the beginning says he blots out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us which is contrary to us but the english standard says canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands jesus saw that debt that i could not pay he saw everything that was written down against us everything i've ever done everything you've ever done every time that we lied or hurt someone. Or the time we went a little bit too far. Or the time we broke the law. Or the time we put others uh, uh, other things ahead of him. or we turned to the bottle instead of him. or we lost it on that person. When we abused ourselves and other. Every filthy, rotten, disgusting, sin- sinful thing that I've ever done. It's all been written down. And it was all recorded. And the Bible says that Jesus took that record and he blotted it out. He canceled That dead, everything that was against us, any evidence against us that could be used to destroy us, any record of sin, he took it and he blotted it out. That means to wipe out, erase, or obliterate, to wash over, to wipe off, or wipe out. The record of everything wrong we've ever done, he's wiped it out and he's erased it. It's been obliterated. This is what you would take to a court, the record, the evidence have someone condemned. It's been wiped out. It's no longer legible. It's been blotted out. No one else can read it. It's something, if someone was to look at that record, they cannot see it anymore. They may have a memory of it they may be able to recall some things, but as far as Jesus is concerned, as far as God and judgment are concerned, there's no record of it. It's gone through his life and through his sacrifice and the blood that he shed for me. And, And for me... And that would have been enough. Just to have that blotted out. Just to know that it's been covered. Just to know that it's been wiped out or forgotten or crossed out. But the King James Version says, and I like this, it says, he took it out of the way. The way is the middle or in between something. Um, I don't know if you have a dog, but they just like to lay in the way. Mine does now. At first, we just run around the house, but... She's getting old now. She's the ripe old age of two. She's calming down a bit. They just seem to get in the way between you and where you need to go. When I was, before I was married to, to my wife, um, they had a dog in a family named Buddy. And he was just always in the way. You go to the house and he would lay at the bottom of the stairs or the top of the stairs and you can't get over him. Just this big old dog. He would just be in, in the way. you just wouldn't move no matter what you're like get out of the way and you have to like kick them and (laughs) still just lay there and look at you like what do you want and ours isn't so bad yet she'll just she's getting there there's sometimes like she just won't move i don't already remember if you don't have a dog you might remember uh, covid you might remember that i keep bringing it up we try to move on but you remember the shopping with the arrows everywhere and you gotta keep your distance follow the arrows keep your distance and there's always one person who'd be like in the middle of the aisle and they would put their cart on one side and then they'd go shop on the other and just take up the whole aisle and you can't get by them you can't get around them and you gotta follow the arrows or they're gonna yell at you <laughs> and you're like can I just get by but you're too quiet and you mumble anyway and everyone's wearing a mask and they don't hear you Well, that's just me but Just in the way. Just just get out of the way. And they're FaceTiming someone at home. Like, is this the thing you want? Is this the tomatoes? (laughs) Just get out of the way. There's a comedian, John Panette. He had a whole bit about people in lines not knowing what they wanted to order and just holding everyone else up. It's like they go to KFC and they serve chicken or chicken. What do you want? Chicken or chicken? Stop looking at the menu. Just order chicken and get out of the way. (laughs) But sometimes we can allow these things to get in in the way even though they've been blotted out and jesus took the record of our sins and he blotted out and he took it out of the way because sometimes even though we've been forgiven and even though our record has been blotted out and wiped out or obliterated we still allow it to get in our way and we still allow things of of our past and sins that have been covered by the blood of jesus to get in the way of getting where we need to go and if you've if you, ever, if you hear anything this morning, hear this. If you've repented and been baptized in Jesus' name and all that, that record of sin, that record of everything that you've ever done, that record of every big wrong thing that's ever been done, has been wiped away and it's been moved out of the way. Stop letting your past hold you back from what God is trying to lead you to. Stop letting past sins get in the way of what God is calling you to. There's no bigger example of this than the writer of the epistle, Paul. He was responsible for the death of fellow Christians. He was responsible for persecuting and arresting and destroying families and making the lives miserable of those who were following Jesus. But Jesus showed up in his life and turned his life around. And he took that record. He blotted up those Sins and he moved that out of the way, and that Saul could become Paul. And Paul understood that. He understood the power of the cross. He understood the power of the blood of Jesus, that sacrifice that was paid for our sins. He understood what made a difference. He didn't let that past record hold him back from where. Uh, from going where he needed to go. He didn't permit his previous life to restrict his current life in Jesus. He didn't allow something that had happened before to get in the way of what Jesus was wanting to do in his life. He's taken it and he's taken it and moved it out of the way. Stop allowing your past to dictate your future. Stop allowing a blotted out record hold you back from what God is wanting to do in your life. Your record has been blotted out, has been wiped clean, and it's been taken out of the way. We need to stop bringing it back. Jesus took care of it at Calvary. The cross changed Everything. My record says that I'm a sinner. My record says that I'm a liar or a thief or whatever. But my record says that I have to die. But Jesus made a difference. The old rugged cross made the difference for me. Not only did He move it out of the way, it says He nailed it to His cross. Sometimes you move stuff out of the way and it comes back. Sometimes that dog will move and then it get back in, in your way. Sometimes a person in the aisle will move and you think, okay, here we go, and then they just park and you go to the next aisle and they're there again. And sometimes you move things and it comes back, but Jesus moved it out of the way and he nailed it to his cross. He stuck it to the cross. He nailed it there so that it would not be removed again, permanently fixed to the cross. Now, the enemy will pre- try to pretend it's not nailed to the cross, and some people will try to bring these things up. We may even do it ourselves, but the Bible says that Jesus nailed our record to his cross, and it's there and it's staying there. So stop trying to take it back and stop trying to use the past as an excuse. It's been removed, it's been nailed, nailed to the cross of Jesus, it's not going anywhere. All my sins. All my wrongdoings, every time I've disobeyed, every time I've ignored His calling, every time I've failed, all these things are nailed to His cross. It was not the wages of His sins that He paid, because He had none, but it was our sins He paid on the cross. He died for our sins. He assumed the responsibility for the removal of the penalty, the power, and the presence of sin in us. He did that for me, and He did it for you. It was the cross that made the difference in my life. I once was lost in sin, but Jesus, He took my sins, and He nailed them to His cross. Never to be taken down, never to be brought back, He put them there to die the song says the old rugged cross made the difference and a life bound for heartache and defeat i will praise him forever and ever for the cross made the difference for me on a hill far away stood an old rugged cross the emblem of suffering and shame and i love that old cross where the dearest and best for a world of lost sinners was slain and so i'll cherish the old rugged cross, till my trophies at last I lay down, I'll cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it some day for a crown. That old rugged cross, so despised by the world, has a wondrous attraction for me, for the dear Lamb of God left His glory above to bear it to dark Calvary. So I'll cherish the old rugged cross. Till my trophies at last I lay down, I'll cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it some day. The crown on the cross, Jesus bore the sinner's guilt my guilt, your guilt, and He removed the sinner's condemnation, my condemnation, your condemnation. And He suffered the sinner's doom, what we should have suffered. What Adam lost by his disobedience and sin, Jesus redeemed by his obedience unto death. The cross is the only place a sinner and God can meet. And peace. And the man, Jesus Christ, is our only mediator. First Timothy 2 and 5. He is our peace and through his death we are reconciled to God. The cross is our shield of mercy from the justice and judgment of God whose wrath will fall upon those who do not believe and obey the gospel. He took our place for our sins. At the cross, at the cross where I first saw the light, the burden of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight, and now I'm happy all the day. The cross made a difference in my life. The cross is where we find salvation. The cross is where we find redemption. The cross is where we repent and are forgiven. And the cross is where our record is wiped clean and nailed. The cross is where we find healing. We were broken from sin. We were wounded from sin. We were separated from from God by our sin. But Peter says this about Jesus in 1 Peter 2 and 24. Who who his own self bare our sins on his own body on a tree. That we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness by whose stripes we are you were healed. By his stripes, by his wounds, by what he endured on the cross were healed and we can be made whole again spiritually and physically emotionally restored. Complete reconciliation Complete restoration. I guess I preach faster than I planned. I'm gonna get right, Brother Weir. If you could come, you could just play the old rugged cross or something like that. Or we're gonna um, let's spend some time in prayer today. But He's taken all those things and He's nailed it to the cross, never to be removed. People try to bring it up, and we try to bring it up, but the Bible says it's there. It stuck to that cross. He took it and he put it there forever. If you need healing today, it's found at the cross. If you need forgiveness today, it's found at the, at the cross. If you need restoration today, it's found at the cross. And if everything's fine in your life and you got it all worked out and everything's good, you owe that to the cross. You owe that to Jesus. You owe that to what He did for you, the price he paid on the cross. And so we're gonna we're gonna take some time this morning. I don't know. If you wanna come to the altar, if you wanna sit in your seats, whatever you want to do, but we're gonna take some time. We're gonna celebrate what he's done. If you need to repent today, today this is this is the place to do it. Turn to him. Receive that healing, that forgiveness and restoration. Whatever it is you need today, it's found in Jesus and what he did on Calvary. Behold the beauty of the old rugged cross. It changed our lives and made a difference. Hallelujah. Jesus.